I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to This Might Help, uh, an advice podcast that I do for fun and might not help. I don't know, but it's a good time. But first, let me welcome my friend, uh, a hilarious comedian, and also uh, the host of Who's Your God podcast, and uh, just an insightful mind, and a fun, fun drinking buddy, Amy (laughs) Miller. Thank you for now. You know, I turned 40, so how we can't drink as much anymore, Matt. We (laughs) no, it's too hard and you have a child, so it's a whole thing. It is. It is. It's just, you know, a drinking buddy can be someone you just have like, you know, one to three with too. You know, that's that's ideal. You don't have to go tumbling down a hole together like we all used to. Yeah, you get out of there while the conversation's still on fire, you know, mm-hmm. leave on a high. Yeah, yeah, you leave you leave everyone wanting more, possibly even yourself. That's the hardest thing sometimes. You're not embarrassed of yourself the next day. I'm not like, oh, did I try to make out with Matt? Fuck, Kara's going to be so mad, you know. <laughs> You're not calling people like, hey, was I embarrassing? What did I do? And then there's a pause and they're like, how much do you want to know? Yeah. like it- <laughs> None, I guess. <laughs> I have to say I was laughing earlier because the faces that you make before recording starts are the, some of the most precious expressions. I've. You look like a kid in a grocery store lost looking for your mom. Like the yeah. eyes. <laughs> it was so pure. That's, my, that's often my look where you're just like, I don't know where this is going to go and jump. i loved it did you did you i will say like you you probably like me you used to do some gigs where you're like this is there's no upside to this this is going to be horrifying or not even horrifying take horrifying out of it this will be terrifying in terms of you know like uh uh the audience won't like me or whatever i'm yeah yeah totally i'll do it totally (laughs) you know where it's kind of yes Oh, oh yeah yeah i mean especially early on i dove into anything just to like get stronger and yeah. now you know i'll do the less so if they don't pay of course but oh. now it's sort of like oh if you pay me what i ask i'll do literally anything oh, that, i'm the same way i'm the same way because it'll like, be over and then i have a check and that's fine exactly yeah uh, but those have moved online now too that's the problem it's funny you brought this up because i was just emailing today to say I'm not getting you a third no to a Zoom gig because all my red flags are waving. You know what I mean? It's just like they don't know anything about comedy. They don't know how to make it good. I even offered like, oh, if you pay me extra, I'll produce the Zoom for you so that it's not awkward. And they're just like, we don't have a budget. And I'm like, I'm not available. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, they started with nothing. They started with nothing. But and I gave them a lot of free advice, you know, and it was like. Maybe if that were a room full of real people, I still would walk into that event and be like, well, you know, it's a long set. It'll be fun. Whatever they're offering to trade for a spa day or something. <laughs> right. You get, they will put you up at our, our, our spa and you get yeah. it's like, yeah, that's a maybe, you know? Yeah. But on zoom, no, it's just going to be, it's just going to be an hour of nightmares in my home. Like, no, no, you don't need that. Watch, get high and watch TV. I, I, uh, <laughs> 
I love people who start they, like they start negative and you're and then then ask for something and you're like, oh, I'm hooked. Oh, yeah. You, start, you you got you had you had me at fuck you. You know, like <laughs> uh, uh, there was um, my um, my friend has a new girlfriend and we all hung out this weekend and um, she's she's great. And, and she was talking to us. She's from Atlanta. She was talking about how this health club that her friend, uh, not even health club, like a, a, a small fitness training area center has started doing indoor stuff. She's like, all right, I'm going to start doing indoor stuff. And she put it on her website. Uh, if you have this, like she holds up, you know, the Vax card, like both things, you get you have both your shots. Uh, you can come and work out. You can sign up with, with these classes. You just have to, you have to click, um, yeah, I know, Rose. Am I telling the story wrong? You can come to my gym. You just have to send, like, a, send a, a, a screenshot. And she got a few people that were like, oh, this is Nazi Germany. I have to show you my papers. And yeah, it's the same. one person who was like, on her, on her was like, you can't do this. You can't treat people like this. But just totally like, fuck you, fuck you. Followed up with, however... For a price, I can outfit your gym in a way that people. Oh, my God. oh good. That's like, nice. Oh, yeah, oh, thank God. The person who, who made me hate them is asking me for money. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, that's all I wanted. <laughs> I will say it hurts my heart, too, because and I hate to say this, but, you know, I am not pro men. So let's just put <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I like you a lot. Um, yeah, but that's it is more often women that try to get me to perform for free because I think it's like wow. negotiating and being paid fairly is by design such a part of male culture <laughs> that sure. like when I do it they're like what like you don't want to just donate your time and I'm like no it, and it's always women and it bums me out and I'm just like, and yeah. it's always like for some event that's like empowering women in the community and I'm like well guess what I'm empowered to get paid uh when I perform <laughs> so what are we doing and I will say that is there's there there are people like that in every I'll just say infringed upon group. I have gay friends who have told me the same thing about yeah. people being asked to like you know uh, gay random events. Friends of color for you know uh, uh, black friends who uh, a black person doing a show has been like you know but do it for nothing. You know it's like for us yeah. and it's this person wanting to run the show and it's. You know, I've heard it the most from women overall, just like women ask like that, that thing. So it's like, yeah, that, that I'd imagine that is the biggest fucking bummer because I don't get it, uh, anything from a fellow straight white dude. That's like, dude, for the culture. Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> Once I said no to this event in San Francisco, it was kind of like, it was like a tech happy hour. It was like, come talk about your job or whatever you do as an empowered woman. And I was like, you know, I'll do it for 500 bucks or something, which is like nothing to these women. I'm like, honestly, four of your bottles of wine you're going to have at this happy hour will be the same. And they said no. And I was like, well, I can't do it. And they go, Sheryl Sandberg did it for free. <laughs> and I was like, multi, multi-millionaire Sheryl Sandberg turned down your couple hundred bucks. Crazy. Her taking money to do something like that, like, she would look like a shithead. Yeah. A, and they know that. It's just like, that's insane. Well, it's funny because I was like, oh, interesting you brought her up because she's one of the people that taught me to lean in and ask for what I'm worth. So, <laughs> and 
they just never emailed me again. It's crazy. But yeah, but yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, also those Oregon gigs, those early Oregon gigs. I mean, I would yeah. do the craziest shit like Eagles Lodges, you know, yes. <laughs> any any place where a guy wears a crazy hat and it's some sort of fellowship for men. I've done those, you know, yeah. out, outdoor shows long before COVID, like in the mm-hmm. rain. Yeah. Casinos. Oh, yeah. oh, it just it just makes you better at stand up. But then once you're like comfortable, you're like, maybe I should say no to some of these gigs. Yeah, I the, the last time I did a gig where I was just like, there's there's just no upside to this, was when my friend Kathleen, who's a teacher at a, a, a school in downtown Los Angeles, I think I had recently moved here, uh, or it was a couple of years I've moved here. Uh, she was like, do you want to do do you want to do a set at an assembly? And I was like, that's death, hell yeah, and I did, <laughs> and it was like honestly. It didn't go that bad and I got away with my life, you know, but it was just like, even like her husband is a comedian too. And he was like, I was like, oh, you're not gonna do it. He's like, no, how the fuck would I do that? That's insane. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that is insane. But I think I, I said yes, because it was a, it was a kind of scary I'd never had. <laughs> oh yeah. And then eventually we're so sick. We're like doing stuff for the story, you know, like, well, I got a five minute bit out of that, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but that's terrifying. I mean, kids are so mean. I would never. Well, like, yeah, I, but my friend Zach was, was saying how he feels like, like, cause he was a, uh, uh, he's not a comedian, but uh, Patton Oswalt's legendary story about hosting that open mic, that great bit he has about that yeah. dude that keeps falling asleep on heroin at the show and stuff. They were like, he was talking about how weird and, and cool open mics and weird towns are. And it's like, that's, that's not true, Patton. <laughs> you, you have a funny story, but that's not, and it's like Zach like saw her lesson that bit once was like, I'm gonna start going to open mics. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, done that so many uh, times though, in a, in a small town, like after a great gig, people showed up, I got paid, I crushed after, and people are like, Hey, you want to come to this mic after? And I'm like, well, I'm extremely mentally ill. So yeah, let's do it. Like, sure. you know, Go. why wouldn't I want to top it off with a terrible open mic <laughs> instead of wow. just going to have dinner or something? Yeah. Like you'll go, but you can, you can leave anytime. <laughs> you're like sitting in the middle of the front row like i'm sure zach was it's just like if you get up it's everyone's like, oh, no wait please please don't <laughs> we need i love you. it though because sometimes it'll be like the local comics came to your show and then they sort of shepherd you to the mic and they're like you can go up whenever you want or whatever i like it when like nobody has any idea that i've ever done comedy before i just like sign up on the list and then i go up and they're like you were really good <laughs> and i'm like thanks i'm headlining the club this weekend and they're like that's crazy like yeah. that's so fun. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. And it was, it's also just fun to be, there are like really good mics around, you know, the country. And it's fun to do one of those and just work on something you've never worked on. Yeah. Thought of that day and just be like, oh, there is just, just no pressure. It does. I don't care how you do. It's, this is just noodling around. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get a laugh on something new from like 20 comics, you're like, well, this has legs. That's like an applause in a regular. Yeah. With, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. So I, I was asked by our producer to ask you about your T-shirt. So. Let's oh, it's uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I had to put on a dad rock tee for my new cool dad friend um, and to go with what I think is kind of a mullet that I just got. <laughs> um, I love it. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that. It with the eternal levels of, of, of dad rock because that was like that 
you know, that band was out when I was like in grade school. Yeah. But it's still so apt for a dad like me, for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I so I got this because I used to work like in concerts in Oregon and I, you know, Mary Hill Winery in the Gorge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They do big events. And so I I was like the marketing director for their concerts. And uh, and by the way, Foreigner, like there's I think maybe one original member that showed up that day. And it's literally five thousand people who are like, I don't care. I basically want to do karaoke on the grass. You know? Uh, Yeah. They do not care. And so they got I had to help them get like a local choir because during uh, I want to know what love is. Yes, they always bring up a choir. And um, and then I was like, you know, my coworker Emily and I sing. Uh, can we? And they were like, yeah, you can join the choir. Like, we don't give a shit. Like, it's just for fun, you know. And then I didn't know until we got there that day that it was high school students. So then it was just like. Oh, it was God. an entire high school choir. And then me and Emily in our mid thirties, uh, just two weird ladies singing. And it was so exhilarating. Like of all the comedy stage moments I've ever had, like literally singing. I want to know what love is in front of 5,000 people who are hammered drunk oh. was the most fun. And then we got these t-shirts because the choir was wearing all black and we were like, we're, we aren't even dressed for this. And they're like, just give them a couple t-shirts, put those on. They put us in the middle. No explanation for why we were up there with these children. That's so great. <laughs> it was so much fun. That's so great. And also like the, the two things I remember from that, that, that song from when I was a kid was like, this chick was like showering in it naked as they cut to like the, the, the choir and I'm just like he's just singing about he wants to get in the shower and fuck that lady this is <laughs> gross like I remember thinking that song was gross and then uh uh this kid Ramon I used to hang out with who was kind of like this this cool badass black kid at one point he was like just like I want to know what love it to himself and I'm like oh wait maybe this song is cool is this a cool song <laughs> just, it's very so- catchy Oh, when you're, they've yeah. been doing this for decades, like finding a local choir. So there's like people all over the country that at some point in high school sang with Foreigner. And then also me and Emily, who did it in our 30s. I just love it. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I mean, to your point of like, because people are like, you know, it's not even a real band. And and look, I, I'm assuming it's the singer is still with them, right? Probably. Um. Or- yes. And but even at this Mary Hill event, he couldn't come like at the last minute and we're like do we let the ticket buyers know do they even know and nobody cared like it didn't even come up yeah I think the one music nerd that was like wait a minute so and so's not here they'd be like shut up I'm (laughs) blasted on wine and I'm 52 (laughs) please be quiet yeah we would try to book like prestigious like you know good musicians out there and they just would not sell but you know you get a foreigner or fucking chicago oh my god i mean people love it and that's a great you know when summer rolls around in oregon too everyone just loses their fucking mind because like they've been under a cloud for eight months so just to drink wine on the grass and be like oh foreign like it's just so fun yeah i mean you want to shut everything off that's that's pain and and thinking is pain and so if you have very intellectually driven music you're kind of like no can i just yeah you're like can it bright eyes i've had a long year exactly can we book book lover boy is lover boy available because i've been working for the week everybody's been working for the weekend yeah 
Like, hell yeah. Oh, I love, and it's at a winery too. Like it's the last thing anyone would expect. They'd be like, oh, geez. yeah. Well, classical uh, musicians, probably. Yo-Yo Ma probably sells out. Exactly. Nothing is more telling than that the number of people that will also get season tickets without knowing the lineup at all. They're just like, they've got us. They're going to book some shit I can sing along to. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you're perfect to be on the show because you had uh, a ton of life experience. Uh, oh, thank you. No, I mean, it's not... <laughs> I had a long I, life before comedy, I guess, is part of it too. No, but it, I think that that informs your comedy. Like you're 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 a very funny and smart person, and and uh, all that jazz. But like like you had an uh, you had an interesting uh, upbringing, you know. Can you do I you would say so. The cliff notes of that, just for for the listeners. I mean, I guess the brief cliff notes is that I grew up white trash and Christian in the Bay Area, which is like easier to do than people would think. I mean, it wasn't easy, like on me, like childhood was hard, but like people are shocked, even if you're like a super religious person in the Bay Area. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, uh, and then yes, we do make a lot of white trash in the East Bay, uh, going strong and long. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of chaotic. I don't know. My family's really funny. They're kind of like my war buddies at this point. Like my siblings are all hilarious. So it's like not a shock that I became a comedian, except that as a child and even well into adulthood before comedy, I absolutely hated any attention, public speaking, being in front of people at all. Um, and, and I started comedy at 30. So it was like, yeah, I kind of came in with stories, I guess. Um, it was wild, man. My my brother's in a punk band. So he was a big part of like, you know, Gilman Street in the late 80s, uh, like a founding member kind of. And wow. uh, so we had that going on. And then my pastors are like praying for my brother's soul because he's making the devil's music. <laughs> like It's just all. And then my family's all Okies, you know, like they mostly live in Bakersfield. So it's like real. We all have the exact same face. This Dust Bowl scowl. <laughs> uh people constantly think we're mad at them but it's just genetic sure. <laughs> and then uh, i end up smiling extra like a maniac because people are always like are you upset and like this I, is just the face i got yeah well and i mean also you uh like grew up like super religious like the, the way you set up with the pastor thing that was like that in which informs your podcast who's your god where you basically talk to people about what their religious background was and how they how they dealt with their particular uh, let's say, uh, humanistic self-inflicted demons, as I'll put it, you know, we all create our own, our own angry deity, I guess. Um, yeah, for sure. My co-host Steve Hernandez, who's really funny, uh, used to be a mega church pastor. So yeah. we have this podcast together. We talk to comics about their religious beliefs. I mean, it's shocking how many of our friends in comedy show up and they're just like, I don't ever really think about my soul. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, it's the first thing that it comes to mind when I wake up, you know? Okay, I got to come on your pod because it's like, that was such yes. a part of my, my upbringing because I grew up in a, I'll save it, but like I, I grew up in a very progressive Catholic church. But I think that's what almost fucked me up because I'm like, but why, why the, why the pit of fire? Why, why you yeah, can't- Yeah, for me, you're like, I'm a kid. By a jail, you can never leave and everything's always sad and bad. Like, why does this exist? Yeah, so. Yeah, oh yeah, we'd love to have you on. You've been on the list for so long. Uh, no I'm gonna email you. No rush, but uh, I, I just, when I saw the name of the podcast, I laughed and then I found out what it was about. 
and I've listened to a few of them and yeah, I was like, okay, this is, uh, it's, it's that thing where you, you got, you got to have a hook, man. But like, that's <laughs> like, that's like such a solid hook. Oh, um, thank you. But it does to, to, uh, back to mine now. Yes, please. Oh, like, <laughs> like, the, the only reason I'm setting you up like that is because, I mean, I, I love that I learned the, the booking the winery thing because that's, that's such a, huge responsibility so you've had that part of your life too as well as doing shit gigs as well as all the stuff so like there's so much to draw from in terms of what we'll get and the thing about this show is uh only renee knows what's coming i i don't know what any of the calls are i don't that's so fun and yeah you probably don't know this i mean i had several careers before comedy it's so funny like i was just all over the place but before i worked in the music business i did social work and I was supposed to go on to get my master's and I should be a social worker right now, but here well, we are. Uh, so I love to hear people's problems and shit. That's dope. Yeah. We, we, uh, it, it's like, there's a certain amount of poking fun sometimes, but it's like literally everyone in that show is like on this show. We're just like, like, All right, let's, let's, let's treat this sincerely. It'll be so much better that way. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, mean, I, I changed, love that. It's I very changed, on brand for you too. Cause you're an earnest fellow. Thanks. Well, that's the thing. I had uh, originally the like for a year. This podcast was called "Advice from a Dipshit," and I think people, some people, listened and then quit right away because because I'm not like fucking do blow off her tits, dude. <laughs> that's my advice. Anyway, next call. You know, like, sorry, like I'm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, we know just based on like what comics have patreons that make the most money in this business that like being earnest and funny is like not for everyone i mean the same with our podcast like not everybody wants to tune in and like listen to someone's serious background about with god and religion and their soul but you know it's like but we can't be fucking shucking and jiving all the time you know like we're human beings (laughs) no and it's like i can't relate to the whole tenet of uh comedy just it has to be kind of fucking mean all the time it can be mean as fuck and i'll love it but i'm just saying like there i guess but fundamentally what i'm saying is there's no there's no real rules there's no like well you're not this like the person i like well okay cool Listen to them. That's all good, man. Exactly. You have so many options, so many places to go. And you don't even have to tell me that you didn't like it. That's fine. You can go about your life. It won't matter either way. Yeah. Um, okay. So with that said, uh, you ready to go? Yes, I'm ready. So, okay. so pumped. Roll the first one, Renee. I really just want to quit my job but I don't have any money or backup plan. What should I do? Thank you in advance. Okay, this is a tough one. This is something I think about a lot. She was really sweet, by the way, for thank you in advance. I think she sends polite emails uh, at work. A lot of exclamation points. She sounds like a sweetheart. Um, I'm always torn on this one. So my mom has always said, don't leave your job until you've found one. Right. And I am kind of there. I mean, you can also like phone it in a little bit for a few weeks while you're looking. Uh, Maybe they'll lay you off and then you can get unemployment. Then you don't have to think about it. (laughs) Um, But listen, jobs blow. I don't mean I don't know what's like we're comedians and there's a reason for that. Uh, Regular jobs suck. Uh, So you got to think about like, will the next one be much better? There's a caveat here. If you work for 
assholes, like evil people, which I have in the past several times. I worked in tech for a while and I was like, I never want to work for this kind of guy again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, but I've only walked out on a job one time without having something lined up. And that was because my job, my boss said something extremely racist and I picked up my stuff and walked out the door. And it was great because he didn't know how to do anything. We were like running a hotel in Berkeley and he was like, he couldn't even check people in. I'm like, hmm, should have oh. learned that at some point while you were managing uh, how to use the computer. Wow. But yeah, I'd say if it's not a crisis situation and you like hate it, then just start looking now. Look while you're at work. You know what I mean? Use their printer, <laughs> like use the resources there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I don't fully agree with the, the whole uh, like what you've been, I've been given the same, I think everyone's been given that advice. Don't have the, you know, don't, don't jump until you have something great to land on or whatever. Cause it's also, to me, that was also when I, you know, I'm, I'm older than you, but like the whole great comic migration, uh, uh, when, when, when we, when we bloom out of, a, a, a ugly local caterpillar to a beautiful, LA or New York butterfly. Like the whole thing was, you know, once you're going to make the jump to one of those cities, like they, they told, they beat me over the head with this. You should have a couple good scripts for original ideas you have, you know, and that turned out to be bullshit. It, it's not like people are like, they see your comedy and they're like, do you have a script I could read? It was more like, do you have an idea or do you have something like that? Like, or, or look, I like your voice. And then you work with, you get a rep and la, la, la. The point is, that's one way. It's not the only way. It's a good way. It takes a lot of work and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think ideally, definitely, uh, you'd do some, do some research and maybe phone it in a little bit at, at, at to balance your, your energy and everything. Um, yeah, and if it's but- like they're not assholes and you don't absolutely despise the people you work with and the job you want to leave on good terms. You know, that's, that's not only good for like your future resume, but just like for your spirit, you know what I mean? So, but having said all that, someone's saying something creepy to you or shitty, or it's a toxic environment, then yeah, fucking get out of there. You'll find something when we are, when we have our backs against the wall, you know, we can really find a job like there are jobs out there you know so sometimes you need to remove your security blanket a little bit but Mm -hmm. i would probably need more info on what kind of job she's doing how long she's been there but you know i mean with comedy like i wouldn't have applied myself a million percent if i hadn't left my day job like i knew that was part of it so yeah yeah Yeah. but it's scary and it's not smart (laughs) no no but i think it, it all it is also you know you know, I, I, I say the Helen Keller thing a lot where it's just like, there's really no such thing as security. Like basically either a great adventure or nothing. And that's severe because Helen Keller was the NWA of her day. Like she was fucking hardcore. But like, it, it's, it is, it is, it has a, it has a serious uh, uh, bulk of truth to it. You really kind of have to make your life into your own kind of Indian, Indiana Jones story and go like, what, what is the, should I just take a massive risk? Am I young enough? Uh, I'm not supporting three kids. No, I don't have any kids. Oh, then fuck it. Yeah. You'll surprise yourself by, by, by uh, how, how well you can react to that kind of stuff when you're, when you're, when you, as you put it, when your back's against the wall. So, yeah. So 
Cool. Hope that helps. And also, I say this almost every time, but I do realize a lot of my callers are, are first time callers or first time they, they've heard of this show. But like, you won't hear this, but just, you know, keep it brief, but give me a couple details for the guest. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's, I wasn't surprised by that call at all. I do get ones that are just like, um, I don't know, should I break up with my girlfriend? Thanks, dude. Bye. Yeah. But then sometimes you can get vibes. It's like it was, a, you know, her like, thank you in advance. I'm like, I feel like this is a good employee. You know, she you're uh -huh. higher. Someone's going to scoop you up. Yes. And I feel like she she makes good decisions because she does. She did have a not not a curtness, but she sounded like she had somewhere else to be, too, which is always good. <laughs> it, it sounds like she was she's like a person who would just tell someone to go fuck themselves in the email without making it too, too harsh. But yeah. Just, perfectly succinct and just never think about that. It's notice. so it'd be so great if we hear back from her and she's like, by the way, I'm a police officer. And we're like, no, leave your job. <laughs> leave today. Today. Oh my God. Work yeah. at the post office. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no context there, but I like her. I think she yeah. I don't know, she sounds yeah. like a nice lady and you'll I find something. So. But just you know, give it a few weeks of making that check that you know that direct deposit is sweet it's tough when it goes away so so true all right well good luck to you uh and let's uh roll caller number two hey my name is alicia and tomorrow i'm working from home it's going to be wednesday and i'm going to be working from home and i just don't know what to wear um, I'm just really not sure if you could give me an idea. I, I checked the weather. I just really, I'm going to be working from my home office. What should I wear? Thanks. I mean, Alicia, like uh, my best advice is what we've all been doing for a year, which is something nice up top. And then absolutely anything you want on the bottom, keep it cool. You don't need pants, shorts, even underwear. Uh, just don't forget and accidentally stand up or yeah. leave your zoom on when you take your genitals out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I found it fascinating that that dude pushed back. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was just like, wow. Like I, I would be so mortified. I would just be like, I think I kill oh, myself. I'd be all apology, all apologies. And just like, I was looking at porn on my phone. I would have just told, I would just fucking spilled here, you know, cause it's like, we get, we often get so ashamed of sexuality and stuff like that, but right. You know, but it, I mean, I hope he was, I don't know the details, but like if he was, actually looking at someone on the zoom or something but like i mean I but the point is not like for him to say i didn't know my camera was still on like that's not the point you were in a work meeting you were just at work pete we're supposed to be in work mode like uh -huh. that's how this works yeah I mean, you don't just get horned up on the zoom that's the part that we're alarmed by yeah I, that's 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 like it's it's like oh fuck like a comedy pet peeve this reminds me of is uh when when someone blames a, like the joke not being funny on something in the in the joke that wasn't you know like they do a shitty joke about dogs and the people are like they don't laugh because well, you guys don't like dogs like or it's like that yeah like when someone's when someone is uh, like too soon for you guys too real you're like no you're not good at comedy <laughs> <laughs> it's blaming 
blaming the oh god i didn't i didn't know it was on okay can we just forget about this like <laughs> no you you can't unsee or unknow a thing dude there's no we want to forget about it it's impossible people people really wish the rule of discovery was true outside the courtroom i was talking to care about this today they fucking wish like not that you should look at your lover's phone but like if you do and you're like oh you're texting uh three fucking women and and you're you're dating them and and one one is pregnant what the fuck you know and the dude's like you i can't believe you looked at my phone <laughs> yeah no let's just that that's other stuff you shouldn't even know that you see you know like it's like that's that's his whole thing like i didn't know the thing was on you guys just forget that my dick was out and i was i was massaging it to completion can we just can you forget that you saw that can we grow up it's amazing <laughs> i would also say uh the only tip i have for work from home clothing that i do feel a little judgy about is like put something on your feet i don't this like i i don't walk around my house barefoot and my house is very clean because i clean it um but it just, I don't know, it feels wrong. And also just like celebrate this working from home time. I've been so happy every time I've done Zoom shows or meetings or whatever and been like, it's so tight that I don't have uncomfortable fucking heels on right now or whatever. Like, what a blessing to have these cushy socks my mom gave me for Christmas, <laughs> you know, yeah. just yeah. like lotion up those feet and cover them up. OK, but how do you see their feet, though? Is it like I'm asking, like, how, how would no, you? No, I'm, I, I, I can't. I'm just like in my heart, I feel judgmental about oh, I see. I see. the yeah. people I know that walk around their houses barefoot. I'm like, come on, man. I'm sure. just telling her she probably already does this, but just like for your sure. own enjoyment at home. Yeah. And it, it yeah, it is. It, it's that thing where I feel like you wear kind of your, 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 your comfy but nice wear. And uh, and and make yourself look decent, like you said, waist up and everything, because that's that's a big thing. I know when I've been in like meetings and stuff where there's just someone that just like they clicked on and they're I'm on I'm on some audition and this this dude is like just looks like he rolled out of <laughs> a, a, a a a bed um, that's that's programmed on hangover mode. Like, <laughs> He, he drank too much the night before, so he didn't sleep well. And the bed kind of shook him like a snoo the right way or whatever. So it's like, he's, he's kind of there, but he's kind of not. And you're just like, oh, fucking why, dude, why didn't you take a shower? <laughs> this, it's, it's, it's 1 PM, dude. How long, yeah. you know, like. And I haven't shifted that much. Like I, I tend to like look kind of nice on stage in real life. And so I still started like doing my hair and putting on makeup for Zoom shows. <laughs> But I I have been caught by Adam like putting on perfume and he's like, for Zoom, you're doing Zoom comedy night, right? Just you need to. OK, no, nope. that's for you. That's OK. <laughs> yeah, that's for you. it's just a mental like, you know, absolutely. absolutely. But yeah, be comfortable, girl. You yeah. you know, we're who knows when we're all going to be back to normal life and sitting exactly. in offices and shit. Exactly. right. Yeah. Enjoy it. OK, so we got one more left. Are you ready? I'm ready. Our, 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 our final call. Okay. So roll it. Hi, this is Chris Jones, and I need some advice. Uh, my 
younger brother is incredibly afraid of needles and he's been diagnosed with, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but it's a disease where he has to get infusions and getting stuck by needles is basically his biggest fear. And um, it's getting to a point where he doesn't want to do his medication anymore. Um, so I would really love some advice on how to help him get over his irrational fear and phobia. Uh, so mm-hmm. we can, you know, help him have a better life in the future and help him uh, feel better now. So if there's anything you guys can do to help and give me advice on this, that'd be great. Appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. First of all, I love the full name, Chris Jones. It's sure. nice, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, nice, good, common name. It's common basically name. the Amy Miller of men's names. <laughs> <laughs> and this, yeah, exactly. There's no. It's a. I don't mind that we didn't uh, uh, bleep that at all because it's just such a common. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. How would we find him? Mike Smith and uh, yeah, uh, I think Chris. Like one thing we don't do in the show is Google. But if I was to Google, I would, I would look, I would literally put that in because I'm sure there are therapists that work on that sort of thing. And there are hospital groups that work on that sort of thing. Cause it's, an, it's insanely common. Uh, my uh, wife's sister is very afraid of needle, needles and, and uh, she's getting the vaccine, but she's kind of freaked out about it. And I've known so many people who just, it is, it is such a scary thing. It's where you're getting punctured. It's a very understandable phobia. Like it's, it's freaky. Um, yeah, that's really rough. I, and I don't know how old your brother is, but I know with kids, a lot of the time it, I mean, honestly, this works with any age of person is like, if you have a treat or something nice that you look forward to that you only get after your infusions, like that really helps. I don't know if you have to like go into a place or you're doing it at home, but either way, just like, Tell him, remember, you can make yourself as comfortable and happy as possible while you have to do this shitty thing. So if that means you get to watch like bad TV or get a fun meal after, like you have to, you know, create some incentive, whatever that is, something that he loves. Um, But I'll tell you what is even scarier than needles dying. So let him know that (laughs) those are his options. (laughs) Yeah, if it comes down to tough love, it comes down to tough love. And it's it's a situation where you're kind of just you know it's rocking a hard place so i mean honestly i just have to refer to you to an expert find out yeah and and also whoever's doing the infusions talk to them about it um i'm i'm sure the cool thing is this does this isn't one of those things where i'm like my god they're afraid of the hum of a refrigerator i don't know who you talk to you know like i other than the therapist being afraid of needles is so common. So I'm, I'm sure there are. And it sucks. And there's no way around just saying and admitting that it sucks. And sometimes we have to do shit that sucks and we hate. And it's a bummer. But anytime I have something medical like that, that like, I mean, Matt, I don't know if you've ever had a biopsy inside your uterus, for example, uh, but it fucking hurts. Um, but anytime I'm in that kind of thing, I'm like, I am grateful that I have the care that I have insurance. If I have insurance at that time that this care is available to me and then it could save my life. So like, this is going to be fucking gnarly. And I mean, it's a bummer if you have to do it every day, especially, but like, you know, I just try to focus on those parts of it. Like, thank God I have this option. I also thank God I've found out what was wrong with me 
Cause you know, there are folks who just like have lifelong illnesses that they can't get answers to, you know? Yeah. So I think with practice, it'll get a little bit easier, especially if you give yourself something to look forward to. That's exactly right. I remember uh, when I was a kid, uh, a kid was diagnosed as being diabetic and he had to inject himself once a day with insulin. And I remember thinking, wow, he's, his life is, so, is, is ruined. You know, needles are so awful. And I've had like, by that point, two shots I remembered or something. I was like, mm -hmm. his life is over that every day. Oh my God, all you do is be afraid all the time. And like now... I give, well, I, I haven't since the kid's been born, but I used to give platelets at least once a month. And that is where you have a needle in each arm for two solid hours. Yeah. They take your white blood cells out. They put them in the, when they take your blood out, spin out the white blood cells, put the, the non-white blood cell having blood right back into you. And you just watch a movie and it always hurts. And I've done it as well. And I fucking yeah. hate it. Yeah. But guess and what? Right after I'm getting brunch, I'm doing something for me. I'm like, I'm a good fucking person. I get my platelets. I hate needles. Then I like, you know, do some cocaine or whatever, like anything that's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got the good cocaine free platelets already. Now it's time to party. Oh, sure. It's not bad for you, cocaine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's exactly right. I went, I drove right to pie and burger and got a cheeseburger and fries. And then I ate a slice of pie. I drove home and was like, I deserved all of that. No, because that yeah. white it goes to it goes to kids that just had chemo. It's like, fuck yeah. That. My nephew also is type one diabetic. He was diagnosed at two, so he got used to the needles pretty early, um, and now he has a pump. But like, he lives a normal life. Uh, oh, and that's a, that's what I was gonna say is, um, you know, ask your doctor if there is sort of an automated option like that. Like, is there a pump? Is there like? Um, you know, some sort of alternative to having needles every day, um, some sort of numbing ointment they can give you like there's a lot of options, but yeah, talk to your doctor. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think for a couple of non-medical experts, we gave pretty good answers to that one. I think so. I'm basically a doctor. I think. Well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you practiced, uh, uh, Oki medicine in the Bay Area for so long on your family and friends. Um, a lot of back alley births. <laughs> sure. Oh, see, I did abortions because it's poor. Um, Good. Back alley. But uh, uh, so uh, is there anything you want to promote while you're on here that you want to listen to know of? Um, well, I mean, you mentioned it, but I guess if you like this sort of thing, <laughs> you might like who's your God. There you go. uh, I can't wait to have Matt on soon, but we've, yeah, we've had a lot of awesome guests and people really open up over there. It's really fun. Uh, so especially if you're like grew up super religious and you have any latent trauma from that, uh, it's a fun podcast. It's funny though. Don't, it's not like, um, no, that's just the thing. fire and brimstone the whole time. I mean, it would be hilarious if it was like seriously religious and they were like, so who's your God? <laughs> It's not. Uh, yeah, Steve and I are here to save you, actually. Uh. Do you have the wrong God? We have the right one. Yeah. Um, but this was a joy. Thanks so much for coming on, Amy. Thanks, this Matt. This was so fun. I loved it. Awesome. Well, that was a blast. Amy Miller is absolutely hilarious. If you've never uh, seen her or heard her do comedy, Google her. She is uh, a monster. She's great. Um, if you have any uh, need for advice, no matter how silly or serious, 
I got a bunch of amazing guests that are uh, coming up on the show. Uh, so call 323-763-0228. Again, 323-763-0228. And thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.